0: Hello, everyone. I'm Stephen Strang, and today we're going to hear from Rabbi Jonathan Kahn in a very powerful video that he released just about 24 hours ago, which has had several hundred thousand views. And it's so powerful, I'm wanting to show it to you, not because it had so many views, but because he stood up to some of the bullies, I call that, that's my term, not his, on the left, who like to dismiss anything that comes out of the Christian community. Usually they dismiss it as we're irrelevant, it's not worth dealing with. But what happens is, anytime time that someone come against their agenda in a significant, powerful way, they will make fun, they will throw out epitaphs, they will exaggerate, they will use innuendo. And most ministries don't really have a platform to stand up against them, but Jonathan Cahn has. He has become so well-respected with his various books. I think there are eight in all, starting with The Harbinger, which is talked about in the video, on up to the Josiah Manifesto. And he is so brilliant that I thought that we could all learn something. Now, once in a while, I think twice before, I've taken his video done an introduction, and then just shown it. Today, I'm going to comment on it. This is a little new for me, so hopefully uh, you'll bear with me. But let's get started by hearing what Jonathan Kahn said when the Rolling Stone essentially did a hit piece on him. And here we go.
1: I was a teenager and had a rock band. I used to occasionally pick up the rock music magazine Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone is the most prominent pop music magazine in America. It's done stories on Mick Jagger, Beyonce, Taylor Swift, and now they've done a story on me. That's right. Rolling Stone magazine decided to do an article about me. Why? Can't be because I'm coming out with a new album. It can't be because I'm going on tour. No, it's because Rolling Stone has become increasingly anti-Christian, anti-biblical, anti-God.
0: Let me just stop here. They're not the only ones that are anti-Christian, anti-biblical, anti-God. It's been going on for years. But as long as believers would stay within the four walls, as long as believers lived up or lived down to the crude stereotypes that they have of all of those, uh, uh, what is it, the, the Bible-thumping Christians, the uh, Hillary Clinton's basket of deplorables, you know, they, they mix it up with right-wing politics and everything else because, in their mind, it's just a stereotype. But Jonathan Kahn is cutting through. And he cuts through because, well, I beca- believe because of the Holy Spirit and the fact that the Lord empowers him with these mysteries from the past and from the Bible that explain what's going on in our crazy culture. So let's go on and hear what he has to say. The article they wrote is an attack piece. I guess I should feel
1: honored. Now there are always attacks. They come with a territory and most of the time I ignore them, but it's Rolling Stone. And I believe in this case, it'll be a good thing to address it, but I'm not mad. I believe that this is going to reveal a lot of issues and keys that are important for believers to know and for everyone who doesn't go along with the mainstream media or the woke
0: and leftist agenda. You know, when the article came out, uh, Jonathan Kahn and I emailed each other, as we do often, about a variety of things. I am, after all, his publisher. Um, And he said he was going to address it, and I was glad to hear that. I will say that how he addressed it was uh, different than I might have imagined. It was very well thought through. It's brilliant. And uh, I'm glad that he's standing up to them. And I'll just mention, and I'll come back to this at the end, but Rolling Stone did a hit piece on me, if you can believe that. And what I, it, it was almost laughable. Um, and I just chose to ignore it. It didn't do me any harm. And I'll comment on that. So stay tuned after we get done with Jonathan. And I'll tell you about my little itty bitty experience myself. Um, because I think that seeing Jonathan stand up to them made me realize that I needed to say something too. If they can do it to me, they can do it to anybody, even you. They're already doing it to you.
1: I'm talking not about Rolling Stone, but forces at work in our culture in a million different ways. So this is going to reveal the strategy of such things against those who hold a biblical or even traditional worldview. So though I'm going to speak to the article, what I'm saying is bigger than the article, bigger than Rolling Stone. It's about the future. Let's begin. First, to set the stage, what is the article about? Recently, I posted a video called the Israel Hamas end time mystery in which I speak about the war of Israel and Hamas and the biblical mysteries behind it. The video message is about 30 minutes. At one point, I mentioned Jesus' sorrow and compassion with regard to the sufferings of Israel and the Jewish people. Let me actually show it to you so you can see it for yourself. What happened in Israel is part also of a 2000 year old prophecy of the Messiah. The Jewish people have been waiting for the Messiah for 2000 years, but what if the Jewish Messiah already came and most of them missed it? Then they would become like sheep without their shepherd. And when the wolves came to the flock, they would be helpless. When Messiah Yeshua, known as Jesus, gazed out at Jerusalem, he wept and he said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. He said, your peace Is hidden or in Hebrew your shalom is hidden from you the things that make for your peace but now it's hidden from you he said that 2,000 years ago and for 2,000 years the Jewish people have been seeking for peace and no matter what they do they can't find it and when it looks like they're about to have peace as it did with the peace talks then something happens to take it away because this one Yeshua just happens to be their Messiah he's their Prince of Peace and without him there is no peace only when they turn to him who is the hope of Israel? Will they find their shalom, their peace? That was it. Basic Bible 101 and in compassion and sympathy for Israel and the Jewish people. And it constitutes all about one minute of a 30 minute piece, or 3% with 97% of the video opening up the mysteries behind what happened in Israel and further in support of Israel and against the evil of Hamas. To see the actual video in its entirety for yourself, just Google Jonathan Khan, Israel Hamas mystery. Now listen to what Rolling Stone magazine did with that in an article written by a man called Tim Dickinson. Here's the headline. MAGA messianic rabbi blames Hamas violence on Israeli indifference to Jesus. Let me read that to you again. MAGA messianic rabbi blames Hamas violence on Israeli indifference to Jesus. Tim Dickinson, Rolling Stone are you for real? Are you serious? Is this what you attempt to do with those who don't agree with your worldview as in Christians or conservatives? The answer is yes. Believers, this unfortunately is what they do and the mainstream media will seek to do to you talk about fake news. Now, let's get into the article itself. The very first word is MAGA. Why would that be? I preach the word of God and salvation in one name only, Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah. As far as America, I preach that America can only be great if it returns to the God who made America great in the first place. Without that, America is lost. So why would the first word of the article be MAGA? Because if they can pigeonhole those who don't agree with them, as in Christians, put a label on them and put them in a box, they can marginalize them, delegitimize them, cancel them. What they do is to replace the reality of believers with their own projection of believers, a caricature, a stereotype born of prejudice, their boogeyman. Because then they don't have to deal with the issues. That's what they tried to do with me in this article. That's what they will seek to do with you. Why else MAGA? Because they're obsessed with Donald Trump. They see him as offensive, inappropriate, odious. But you know, between an offensive man who opposes the murder of babies and the indoctrination and mutilation of children, and an inoffensive man who champions the murder of babies and the indoctrination and mutilation of children, give me the offensive man any day of the week. And yet still, our hope is not in any man. Our hope
0: is only in God and in the name of Jesus, Yeshua. You know what Jonathan says speaks for itself. It speaks volumes. And what he's doing is he's stripping away what happens with the left. They get away with it about 99% of the time. Because in their minds, just anybody who even would vote for Donald Trump is just a horrible person. Now, on the article they did on me, they said that I could cost Donald Trump the election, which is absolutely laughable as if that's the worst thing that someone like me could do would be to cost him the election. I may get into that later. I don't even know. The article continues. Jonathan Kahn, a star on the religious right, says
1: only belief in the Prince of Peace can protect Israel. I didn't know I was a star of the religious right, but as far as the Prince of Peace, Jesus, yes. He's the only hope. And it goes on. In a new prophetic video, Kahn calls the initial Hamas attack demonic. But Khan insists that the massacre of some 1,400 Jews has deep roots stemming from the Israelis' stubborn refusal to accept Jesus. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop the press. Khan insists the massacre is stemming from the Israelis' refusal to accept Jesus. This is a perfect example of the Joseph Goebbels School of Journalism. That's Hitler's minister of propaganda. I simply said that Jesus wept over his people Israel and that he said their peace was hidden from them. Rolling Stone twists that as if I was saying that the massacre stemmed from was caused by the Israelis, that they were to blame. Now the video we posted clearly and strongly supports Israel and is against those who tried to blame Israel in any way it's as if you see a flock of sheep separated from their shepherd and the wolves are attacking them and you have compassion on them and say the flock needs their shepherd let's help them and rolling stone twists your compassion for the sheep to post on the web that you were blaming the sheep for the wolves and the violence of the wolves but it gets worse the rolling stone article says that i said that it was all quote stemming from the Israelis, listen, stubborn refusal to accept Jesus, stubborn. I never used the word stubborn or even alluded to any such thing. So why did Tim Dickinson decide to insert the word stubborn? It's because stubborn is used in anti-Semitic attacks against the Jewish people, as in stubborn Jews. But that didn't come from me, that came from Rolling Stone's Tim Dickinson. So Tim, I'm sure you're watching this, why would you insert that word? It's an anti-Semitic illusion, and it didn't come from
0: me. It came from you. What does that mean? You know, this argument that he makes, and I have not had a chance to uh, research this writer. I've not met him. Um, But I've had secular Jewish people attack me as an evangelical over... Um, thinking that I wanted the world to end so that all the Jews would get saved or something like that. I mean, it made no sense. I I was in a private meeting trying to get the local Jewish community to cooperate with a, uh, a non-proselytizing pro-Israel rally to show love to the Jewish people, and in that setting, they were accusing me about things with eschatology, and I quickly explained to them that I'm not a theologian. I'm a journalist. I love Israel. We were trying to do something good. And why were they throwing up our eschatology, which mainly comes from the book of Daniel, which is one of their prophets? And this secular person knew so little about the Jewish scripture that she finally backed down, but when I when I read this in Rolling Stone, when I saw Jonathan talk about it, I remembered that I've experienced it too. It's, it's, it's an old bugaboo, and when they can't come up with anything else, Jonathan Kahn is respected. He's reasonable. He does not rant and rave. He doesn't say a lot of stupid things. He says, as, as you're hearing him say, that he believes the Word of God. He preaches the Word of God. And so when they can't come up with anything else, they use your own words and somehow say that that's horrible. And uh, But what it is, I hope you're learning. Let's watch. Let's learn together with Jonathan Kahn of what exactly is going on in the wider culture. Plus, I believe, and I'll comment on this later, that the reason these attack pieces come because they realize that he does have influence and that he actually makes sense, and they need to nip this in the bud. Goes on.
1: Messianic Jews like Khan uphold Jewish traditions but tout Jesus as their Savior. Okay, stop there. Tout Jesus as their Savior. What does tout mean? Tout means to attempt to sell something, typically by pestering people in an aggressive manner so now we're talking about the faith of jewish people who simply believe as much of the world believes that jesus yeshua is the jewish messiah but it accuses them of selling something amazing because the woke left claims to be the apostle of tolerance diversity and inclusion if a man says he's a woman you have to accept that as his authentic truth if a woman says she's a cat get her some purina cat But when it comes to Christians or the religious faith of Jewish people who accept Jesus as the Jewish Messiah, suddenly tolerance is thrown out the window. You can denigrate their faith and because they're Jewish. I don't know, that sounds racist to me. What a strangely intolerant tolerance. Who actually are Messianic Jews? Well, people like the Virgin Mary, Joseph, Matthew, John, Peter, The apostle Paul, all the first believers in Jesus, they were all Messianic Jews, Jews for Jesus. What is more natural than a Jewish person believing in the Jewish Messiah? In fact, Christianity is Jewish, but for everybody. The article goes on. Far from a lonely internet crank, Khan is the most prominent Messianic Jew in America. Religion scholar Matthew Taylor tells Rolling Stone. Khan has gained notoriety as an end times prophet. What are they saying? Notoriety means the state of being famous for something bad. So they're saying I've become famous as an end time prophet for doing something bad or to be an end time prophet is bad. I don't know what they mean. It's a mystery. I'll work on it. It goes on. In addition to leading a congregation at his Jerusalem center, Beth Israel in Wayne, New Jersey, Khan has surprising mainstream cred writing a series of New York times bestselling books. So it's saying, aside from leading a congregation called Beth Israel, I have mainstream credibility and that's surprising to whom to them, because to them to have mainstream credibility or New York times best-selling books for a biblical view doesn't fit their worldview. So guys, maybe your worldview is wrong, but it goes on. His shtick, as an author is decoding current events as though they are somehow modeled on biblical stories. All right, guys, now you've gone too far. You have crossed the line. You're actually using a Yiddish word to attack me. What does shtick mean? It means a comic theme or gimmick. So they're saying that to speak of current events with regard to the word of God, biblical templates, biblical patterns, and revelation, is a comic theme or gimmick. But if Rolling Stone was around in biblical times, I'm sure they would have written an attack
0: article on the apostle Paul and his stick. I guess that's their stick. But you know I'm enjoying this because Jonathan is so cerebral, so prophetic, so biblical that he doesn't very often talk about culture and sticks and I'm I'm just enjoying this because what he's saying about these people is exactly right. The New York Times, for example, we know that they play around with the bestseller list um, to suppress things that they don't want on there. John Hagee's book, Jerusalem Countdown, sold, if I remember correctly, 800,000 copies, and it never made the list. And when we inquired, it was because they didn't have a, quote, prophetic category. They just didn't want New York, uh, John Hagee to be a New York Times bestseller. Now, this was well over 10 years ago. But we know those things happen. And you know, the thing is that Jonathan Kahn's books sell so many, they cannot ignore it. Every one of his books has been a New York Times bestseller. And uh, when the Josiah Manifesto came out, if I remember correctly, for the first week, it was the number one uh, best-selling. Nonfiction book of any category, because you know they have all these different categories—self-help and so on and so forth. But of all categories, it was the number one in America. He's that big, and it's hard for these New York people—and I say New York because the media is concentrated there—to understand that they and they call it cred, credibility. Jonathan Cahn has credibility. He's one of our champions. And one of the reasons I'm doing this uh, video or this podcast is that I want to encourage people to stick up for Jonathan Cahn. When one of us is attacked like this, the rest of us need to speak up and go online and, and write comments and, and tweet things. Um, otherwise, they kind of get away with it. And uh, Jonathan Cahn is strong. You can see that he's very capable of answering himself, but I'm just saying that when you see this kind of thing, you need to speak up and we need to support him even more strongly. Actually, this is not shtick. It's
1: real and it's real serious. For example, in one of my books, The Paradigm, it reveals that there's a mystery behind the leaders and events of the American political realm. The mystery even pinpointed the exact date of 9-11, even the exact hour. The ancient mystery I open up in the newest book, The Josiah Manifesto, pinpoints the exact day that COVID would enter America, the exact number of people killed, and what it all means. The return of the gods reveals the spiritual entities behind what is now transforming our culture in exact fulfillment. It goes on. Khan first established himself as a cultural force with his best-selling 2012 book, The Harbinger. Okay, so now I become a cultural force, which explains 9-11 as a warning sign that God is removing his hedge of protection from America as a divinely favored nation because of cultural degeneracy. A far-right religious tract dressed up as a novel. A far-right religious tract. Really? What is The Harbinger actually about? It's the revealing of the nine harbingers or prophetic signs that appeared in the last days of ancient Israel, warning that nation of coming judgment and destruction. And that these same nine harbingers have now appeared on American soil, specifically, precisely, and exactly. Some have even involved national leaders invoking the very words of scripture that warn of coming calamity and judgment. To reveal a mystery that's manifesting in our days and warning of coming calamity is not to the far right or to the far left. It is simply revealing what is taking place for those who have ears to hear. The Harbinger, it goes on, got plugged by the likes of Pat Robertson and Mike Huckabee. That's true. And sold more than two million copies. That's also true. His newest title is The Josiah Manifesto, The Ancient Mystery and Guide for the End Times. That's also true, but I'm deeply offended that the article did not say that The Josiah Manifesto is available wherever fine books are sold.
0: But I won't hold it against them. We'll go on. I think this is hysterical. <laughs> Jonathan is not a promoter, but he, uh, he does work very hard doing interviews and so forth. But he's not a promoter. His books stand on their own. But I was glad as his publisher he got that little plug in there.
1: And Khan has built an avid audience of more than 800,000 YouTube subscribers. Despite its condemnable content, Khan's Israel Hamas take went viral, earning more than 1 million views in less than a week. All right, Rolling Stone, I apologize that there are more than 800,000 YouTube subscribers and that the video got more than 1 million views in less than a week. I repent. The article goes on. Khan casts Hillary Clinton as Jezebel, an infamous worshiper of false idols, and Donald Trump as the avenger, Jehu, who ultimately had Jezebel thrown out a window to her death. All right, instead of trying to brush off all these things, it might be illuminating for you, Rolling Stone, to actually check it out. Jehu, the prototype of Trump, was an unlikely man who rose to power, made an alliance with the religious conservatives of his land, took on a religious conservative as his partner in his race to the throne, and then came to a showdown with his political opponent who happened to be the nation's former first lady from which he emerged victorious. Interesting side note, Hillary Clinton was on the national stage with her husband for 22 years then on her own in public office for 12 years, then running for president for two years. So, 22 years with her husband, 14 years on her own on the public stage, which comes to an end with her showdown with Trump. The ancient queen, her prototype, was on the national stage with her husband, Ahab, for 22 years, and then on her own for 14 years, which came to an end with her showdown with Jehu. That's in the Paradigm, and the latest is in the Josiah Manifesto. The article goes on. After a near-death experience as a teenager in which his car, he said, was hit by a train, but he emerged unhurt, Khan devoted his life to Jesus, whom he refers to by the Hebrew name Yeshua. Well, that is his real name. Notice they write, he said his car was hit by a train as if maybe it wasn't hit by a train. But if it wasn't, please, Rolling Stone, tell me where it is so I can get it back to my father to whom the car belonged. No, my car, a Ford Pinto was indeed hit by a train with me inside it and was destroyed. And yes, I emerged unhurt. It goes on. Khan has become a celebrity in a charismatic Christian movement that fetishizes parts of the Jewish religious experience. Fetishize, what does that mean? It means to be obsessed with something or to make it the object of sexual desire. There it is again, another attempt to disparage and marginalized Christians and the very natural connection between faith in Jesus and its Jewish context and roots. Now this may shock Rolling Stone, but Jesus actually was Jewish. Okay. It goes on. Taylor calls Khan incredibly effective at activating evangelical fascination with Jews and then leveraging that as a form of authority that his interpretation of the Bible must be the right one because he's a Jewish Christian.
0: You know, this just shows how, Ignorant, uh, maybe that's too strong a word, these people are. Uh, The love for Israel among Bible believing Christians, which I believe is a better term than evangelical, because evangelical is now meaning a lot of different things, but the love of Israel goes back many years. And there's a museum in Jerusalem. My friend Mike Evans is the one who put this together that tells the story. It's called Friends of Israel. And it's how Bible-believing Christians have been friends of Israel going all the way back to the 1840s. There was a man named George Bush. He wrote a book that was a mega-bestseller in its day. Remember, this was before the Civil War. That said that Israel deserved to have a homeland. Now, George Bush was a great-great-uncle of Herbert uh, Walker Bush. And they named their son after their rather famous uncle. He was famous in the 1800s. Literally, the president was named after this man. And there was Christian Zionism. We don't have time to go into it now. Maybe I'll do a podcast on it because I've written about this. I've made speeches about it. it was around before Jewish Zionism and after World War II, people like Derek Prince and others were very, very strong supporters of Israel and the Jewish people. This was before Jonathan Kahn was born. And, you know, I'm just scratching the tip of the iceberg. So, I mean, it's just ludicrous to, to say this. And, you know, there are some people who criticize Christians that they don't show more love for the Jewish people or stand for Israel. And then there are others that say when you stand for Israel, it's a, it's a fetish. I mean, it's almost like you can't win for losing. But I'm just trying to put this into a little bit of context. What? Activating fascination? Leveraging Jewishness? I don't even know how to leverage
1: a can opener. I pretty much failed shop class. I never learned how to leverage. And now I'm telling people you need to listen to me because I'm Jewish? Matthew Taylor. This is the point where I'm strongly tempted to ask, what exactly are you smoking? But I won't. And now comes their next religion expert, Brad Onishi, a religion professor at the University of San Francisco and host of the Straight White American Jesus podcast, agrees, it says. All right, stop right there. A religion professor in San Francisco who hosts the what? The Straight White American Jesus podcast. Red flag alert right there. Let's do a deep dive. Who is this religion expert, Brad Onishi? He wrote a book called Preparing for War, The Extremist History of White Christian Nationalism and what comes next. He called the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, a dangerous Christian nationalist and those who are pro-life as abortion extremists. This reveals what this is really all about. The Bible says in the last days believers will be persecuted. You want to see how that's going to come? This is how it comes. You see, those who are behind this article see you who simply believe in the Bible as dangerous. They label you Christian nationalists or right-wing Christian extremist and say you're trying to take over America. They say this while they are actually taking over America. Think about it. It's not Christians who are now indoctrinating this generation of American children in the public school system. It's the radical and woke left. It's not christians who are putting their messages into children's entertainment children's cartoons public libraries storybook readings everything it's the radical woke and woke left it's not christians who are banning and canceling non-christian speech on university campuses across america it's the radical and woke left the ultimate direction of a true christian is not to the left or to the right it's up but if the right or the left should support biblical values, good. We'll go along in as much and for as long as it does. But our ultimate direction is heavenward. In
0: recent times. Talk- you know, I love the way that Jonathan says that our allegiance is up, not left or right. You know, that came to times us. Times the left of. That came to us from, um, if I remember correctly, uh, the French uh, Parliament where the political parties would sit on the left or right, and uh, that kind of morphed into how we see conservative and liberals uh, today. Uh, If you know anything about me, you know that I was a Democrat for 20 years. Um, I'm not necessarily proud of that, but back when I first registered to vote, Democrats in the South were much more conservative, certainly more conservative than they are now, I'm like Ronald Reagan. I didn't leave the Democratic Party. It left me. But the Republicans aren't a whole lot better. I say they're like Coke and Pepsi. But on the main issues, like he was talking about abortion and so forth, we have no alternative. So we're not. it's not a political movement. And as far as Christian nationalism, I don't even know where the term hardly came from. But every other ethnic group can support things that they feel improve their life, whether they're Hispanic or black or uh, LBGT or whatever. But when Christians advocate things that improve our life, such as religious freedom or teaching children traditional values and things like that, we're suddenly Christian nationalists. It sounds nasty, But it's just really uh, hollow words, in my opinion. In the article that they did about me, they talked that I'm a leader in the uh, Christian nationalist movement. I don't even know anybody who calls themselves a Christian nationalist. And the closest thing that they could come to is that I'm friends with some people who are really outspoken conservatives like uh, General Flynn, and uh, Clay Clark, and, and Stella Emanuel, and a few people like that. So I'm just giving my uh, analysis, but let's get back to jo- Jonathan.
1: American politics has moved increasingly toward an anti-Christian or anti-biblical worldview and agenda, while the right has increasingly moved towards a biblical or Christian view. Now, there are extremists on all sides, and we oppose any form of hatred. But the problem is now the extremists have become the mainstream left and the fact that they see you who simply hold to biblical values and the same values that have been the universal values of Western civilization up to the day before yesterday as right wing extremists only reveals how radical and left wing extremists they have become. The attack article implies a form of sympathy to Israel. And yet it is the left that is overwhelmingly against Israel. But Rolling Stone has nothing to say about that or elite universities that are filled with students who voice their support for Hamas right after the slaughter of men, women and children in Israel. How many articles has Rolling Stone written against that? I'm guessing zero. Several chapters of BLM actually came out in full support of Hamas, glorifying the terrorists who murdered and tortured innocent men, mothers and children. Did Rolling Stone come against that? I don't think so. Of all the people and demonstrations on the left that cheered the terrorists who ripped babies from their mother's womb, sounds like what we do in abortion clinics. Did Rolling Stone or any like publication write against it? No, apparently it wasn't a concern. And the fact that young adults in America, the majority, are now in favor of Hamas, the majority, that's not a problem for Rolling Stone. But to say that Jesus wept for his people, Israel, because their peace was hidden and has been hidden, God forbid, that's an outrage, that's a transgression, enough to cause them to pen an entire attack article about it, about me. The problem to the left and the elite and the woke isn't those who supported and celebrated the terrorist attacks, no. That's not dangerous. The dangerous ones are you. You who believe that unborn babies shouldn't be killed or that children shouldn't be surgically mutilated or that marriage is actually between a man and a woman. You are the dangerous ones, that's dangerous views. They will call you far-right religious extremist. But the truth is, what they're against is any
0: true Bible-believing Christian. I agree with him 100%. And that's a lesson each of us need to get from this. You know, it's like Donald Trump famously said in some speech, they're not against me, they're against you, and I'm just in the way. And in a similar way, these people are against what any of us stand for, unless we just shut up and go away. That's their goal. There's nothing standing in their way of taking over the culture, of letting anything go at all except the principles that are founded in the Word of God and the people that believe them, whether they're churchgoers or not. There are a lot of people that were raised the right way and maybe went to church for a while and have quit for some reason, but they still believe in the basic principles that are the foundation of our country. And I think that Jonathan is making a very... Very good point. I believe that what he is saying is resonating with people, which are proven by these huge numbers, and I think the left is nervous. And so in that way, this is a good sign. In fact, it's worse if they ignore us entirely, but it shows that our message is getting out and it's resonating with people, and they're trying to nip it in the bud. So here, let's hear what else he has to say biblical Christianity, those who
1: hold to that which up to recent times were the standard foundation ethics of American civilization. But they don't want to admit that. And so they present you as dangerous radicals, Christians whose social ethics are basically the same as that of Mother Teresa and that of the Christians who in the Third Reich gave their lives to protect Jewish people from the Nazis. These are the dangerous ones, and these are the ones that must be canceled and removed from American and Western culture. It's a revelation of what's really happening in America. We're becoming Rome. The last part of the article claims that conservative Christians only support the concept of Israel, but really, they don't really care about the Jewish people themselves. Onishi says that I and American Christians really think Jews are not important. And we actually disregard the Jewish people. Really? Do you see this face? Did you forget the fact that I might be Jewish? So you're saying that I'm disregarding myself? I have never in my life met a born again Christian who told me that the Jewish people were not important. The fact is Israel's best friends don't work for Rolling Stones. They are the people that Rolling Stone condemns, born again believers in Jesus, period. Even the leaders of Israel know that. Personally, we work with and have long worked with many organizations in Israel's charities, compassion projects in Israel and the Middle East. And we're doing it right now to help the situation. How much is Rolling Stone or the people behind the article doing? I doubt much, but it gets worse. You see, Rolling Stone is not exactly a friend of Israel, far from it. This is from the Jewish News Service about an article Rolling Stone published recently just before the Hamas attack on Israel on October 7th. You can read it for yourself. It's called, Rolling Stone Goes Pro-Terrorist. The Jewish News Service calls Rolling Stone's journalism anti-Semitic agitation posing as journalism. It says that the Rolling Stone article glamorizes Palestinian terrorists and portrays, quote, Terrorists as having no alternative but to take up arms against Israeli civilians. Terrorists have no alternative but to take up arms against Israeli civilians.
0: Notice that Rolling Stone uh, wrote this before October 7th. This is damning. This shows where they're coming from. And so they have to look at everything... Through that lens, the article about Jonathan Kahn, even though it was a hit piece, I didn't think was really that bad because Jonathan Cahn uh, is a wonderful person and doesn't you know, uh, do things that would allow a real hit piece. So they have to take what he says, the actual facts, and twist them, repeat them, and say, Isn't this awful? But that's just their point of view. There's not a shred of evidence that what they say is true. Whereas Jonathan Khan is presenting evidence of their anti-Semitism. Well, Rolling Stone, I guess
1: the terrorists had no alternative on Saturday morning, October 7th, 2023, when they took up arms against Israeli civilians. With all due respect, Rolling Stone. I would say that those who post articles glamorizing terrorism and justifying attacks on innocent Israeli civilians are in no position to speak on behalf of Israel in any way, shape or form. The video I posted could not have been any more pro-Israel or any more against the evil of Hamas than it was. But what you posted is called in the Bible, Bearing False Witness. Deuteronomy 19 speaks of this, and do you know what the Hebrew word is in that scripture for false witness? The word is hamas, not something you want to be identified with. Now let's bring it home. The Rolling Stone article attacks what I said in the video, but it turns out what I said was simply what Jesus said. Listen to it yourself. The Gospel of Luke says, when Jesus, Yeshua, approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and wept over it and said, if you had only known this day, even you, that which makes for your peace, but now they have been hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will put up barricades against you and surround you and hem you in on every side. They'll level you to the ground and throw down your children within you. So Rolling Stone, Tim Dickinson, your religion experts, Matthew Taylor and Brad Onishi, You're not attacking my words. What you're attacking are the words of Jesus. You're saying Jesus's words are the words of hate, are bizarre, are ugly, are dangerous, and that Jesus doesn't care about the Jewish people, that he should be condemned. But it's just the opposite. The words of Jesus are of deep compassion and love for the Jewish people. That's why he wept for them. He cares for them a lot more than you do because he is their shepherd. The Messiah by definition is the one who saves Israel and the world. So by definition, if Israel or the Jewish people don't yet have their Messiah, they're not yet saved. They need to be. If anyone doesn't have the Messiah, then they're not yet saved and need to be. The name Jesus or his real name, Yeshua means salvation or God is salvation without him. There's no salvation. Don't be on the wrong side of salvation. All things pass. Rolling Stone will in the end roll away and be gone. But you know who's gonna remain? Jesus, Yeshua, Messiah. After 2000 years, he's still here and he's not going anywhere. You know why? Because he's the rock that doesn't roll. Because he's exactly who he said he was, the Jewish Messiah and the light of the world. And just as the Bible foretold the rebirth of Israel in the world and the controversy and warfare over that nation and it all came true, So it also foretells that we will all meet him and stand before him on that day of judgment to heaven or hell. And that's why he came and his arms are open to all and to each, even to you who oppose him and you who oppose his people and even you who write ridiculous articles. His arms are open for all who will come to him to be saved because he's not only the shepherd of Israel, he's the shepherd of our souls, the shepherd of your soul, your shepherd, and he's calling you back. People of God, pray for all these and all those who are against you. They know not what they do. Pray that they might come to know and be saved. And at the same time, be strong in the Lord. And what you know is the truth. You see, it's not about any people or magazine. It's much bigger than that. Don't be intimidated by the media or by such attacks. When the culture tells you to shut up, speak louder, live bolder, go stronger, go all out. Let the chips fall where they may because your God is still on the throne and he has no intention of getting off of it. And it only matters what he thinks and to stand for the King of Kings. When it really matters, that's the highest of honors.
0: You know, that is one of the strongest statements to be strong. For me, those last uh, few seconds, the last minute or two is worth the entire podcast because it only matters what God says, not what the media say. And we've got to stand strong. So I want to encourage you to share this with others or go get the original Jonathan Kahn video. You can get it online. Just put in Rolling Stone and Jonathan Kahn, and you can get it. If you want to have a few chuckles, you can look up the article. They did it on February 28th at 1124... AM, it says right here, it was by Tim Dickinson, who is the same fellow that wrote this article. I hadn't really paid much attention to that, and he said, he called me the God Emperor who could cost Trump the election, and he said, I'm a big fan of Ron DeSantis. Well, I am a fan of Ron DeSantis. I live here in the state of Florida. We frankly uh, want him to stay as our governor. I have never endorsed him Uh, For president, I haven't been involved in any way at all in the campaign, but they make it sound like my supporting him for president, which I haven't done, would cost Trump the election. You know, they they set me up as a straw man so they could knock me down. I mean, this is an old argument in logic. Um, And um, they didn't have anyone else to attack, so they attacked me. The stuff they said, like this thing about DeSantis, is just an absolute lie. They talk about us building a building and even mention a number, which is is absolutely wrong. They didn't do their homework. They said that I refused to do a, um, let me see if I can see this, uh, an interview. Um, No, he said, I did not respond to interview requests. Well, you know what? We can tell the article went up at 11.24 a.m. because it says so. I found out later after a couple people had a- contacted me about the article that a call had come in about an hour before that to the secretary who did who did not know the significance and didn't even tell me. And what am I going to say one hour? I had no idea what they were writing. What am I going to say about an article? You know, this is just hokum. It's just... Very, t- you know, I was trained as a reporter, which is one reason why I have had pretty good uh, success with the press because I kind of know the games and I can call them on it. Uh, I didn't think this was even worth responding to until now, and and then only for just a little bit of color um, and to say that, you know, I I experienced it too. Um, yeah, I'm not going to comment any anymore about it. If you want some laughs, Google uh, God Emperor, Strang and Rolling Stone, and you can see it, and you can have a few chuckles. Um, you know, I think maybe three people even told me about it. There was no negative whatsoever. The people that we write for, you know, we're all people talk about alternative media. We are really alternative media. We're alternative media about the Holy Spirit. This is my latest book, which they got wrong in the article. They said another book was the latest one. This is the latest one. And if you haven't read it, I would encourage you to do so because it's saying that we've got, we can't just be spirit led in name only. We have really got to be led by the spirit. Partly is to know, to have the wisdom to know how to deal with these kinds of things. I want to thank Jonathan Kahn for this video. I want to thank him for being so strong and being a leader for being a prophetic voice in our day. I would encourage you, if you have not read these books that he mentioned, that they're really available anywhere books are sold. You can also come to com and buy any of the books. That's our own um, website that sells books, but really all the booksellers, uh, very, very wide, widespread book, and I would encourage you to do it. Uh, As we looked at his video, there were little things about uh, subscribing. Subscribe to his uh, podcast and videos. They're interesting. They're worth watching. But at the same time, subscribe to The Strang Report. Our numbers have really been going up recently because people like you share it. Uh, We've gone over time today. We felt that it was important to do that. It was a little bit longer than normal, but I hope you enjoyed it. Leave your comments below and tune in again on... Thursday, we're going to talk about the Domino Revival that was in Times Square on Monday. Remember, every Tuesday and Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And I and you know, some good things are happening. And we're going to talk about it more and more. In fact, this article in Rolling Stone and Jonathan Kahn's video is a good thing. So thank you for watching and tune in again next time. God bless you. In an upside-down world, there is only one way to stay grounded. Life is full of twists and turns,
1: successes and setbacks. How can you reach your God-given potential and achieve your dreams? With over four decades of reporting on the move of the Holy Spirit around the world, Stephen E. Strang has firsthand experience of how the Holy Spirit has led him on a remarkable journey of faith and a successful life. In his new book, Spirit-Led Living in an Upside-Down World, He will invest his true life lessons into the hearts of readers as he reveals his secrets to having a successful life led by the Holy Spirit. Go to booksbystevestrang.com to pre-order your copy today.